welcome to Existential Bread. I'm Liv. And I'm Nicole. And we are coping with life. One loaf at a time. Because we're talking about heritage and stately homes and our experiences working in them, we made scones. We did scones. Scones, scones. Are you, do you put jam then cream or cream and jam cream first because i don't like a lot of jam so what i like doing is i like putting a little bit of jam and then swirling it into the cream oh that's quite nice actually Uh, but i also did not know this was such a controversial thing moving here did you know no is it which way's which is it the cornish do it one way and then everyone else does it another way or is it i think the cornish do it cream on top because they want their like cream to be on display Mm -hmm. i think that's the to be honest, I'm not a fan of cream, so I'm always just kind of like a either butter or jam girl for it. I don't like the crusty bit. Why <laughs> crusty bit on a scone? Like the crusty bit on a clotted cream. Oh, on a clotted the cream. The clot yeah. on the cream. <laughs> I'm such a baby, I like scrape it off and give it to my husband. <laughs> How was your bake this week? Uh, One looked beautiful, and then the rest were really flat, but I didn't have... I don't have cookie cutters, so I thought it was really ingenious how you use the lid of a jam yeah, jar. Yeah, but I think in the I think in the turning it mm. like closed up this like it sealed it so it didn't have room to grow. So they were a little flat, but one of the recipes I read said that when you're cutting it with the cookie cutter, don't twist, just like lift it up, um, which is hard because like my instinct is to just go like once I've done yeah. it I'm like, <laughs> and then off. Um, I made mine vegan and I made it with coconut like the solid oil is it oil so- the solid coconut yeah. oil yeah and they came out all right they tasted decent you know it's just a little bit different i think it's one of those things that didn't doesn't really need like it could be vegan and it won't change it a lot it it, it didn't taste much different but i put raisins in mine because i really like raisins. i put my raisin mix too Ooh, but do, i don't do like scones with raisins i was what? gonna say do scones have raisins in them usually some of them i know the ones where we worked did yeah oh they were big scones they were they were really good i have to say do you remember wet nelly no i don't like bread pudding so just make and because of like the the wet texture of bread pudding Mm. so then to make it even wetter not my thing the scouse is every time they had leftovers (laughs) i don't want to cook But yeah, so we made scones as a sort of homage to our experience, our work experience, where we first met. I know. Mm, and brought us together. Now, I bet you've got some fantastic stories, as do I, of the abuse, the weird, and the just downright what the hell experiences and visitors that we encountered. We had to give the disclaimer that we no longer work for for the company. We won't mention names. And we do not... You know, we do not speak for the brand or the company. No, no, no. We just have experiences. This is just our experience. And we feel like we got to share it. So I feel like it was a good place to work for in spite of the people. And by people, we mean visitors. The visitors, yeah. <laughs> the customers. The people we worked with, Yeah. for the most part, were great. Oh, yeah. And it was, it was do you know what? It was like the best kind of comfortable environment to work in i thought you know like mm. coming to work i felt comfortable around the people like there were friends like i was working with friends which sometimes just you know it was a bit stressful yeah. but it was fine i don't know if it's the accent 
because like I've dealt with entitled people. I worked retail in New York. I have mm-hmm. dealt with entitlement, but I don't know if it's the English accent that makes it so much more unbearable for me. <laughs> it's just, I mean, for context, we worked in a Northwest property together and you just got a range of people. You got the locals, you had visitors that came from the South, you had tourists from other countries. It was mm-hmm. a wide mix, but there was a certain, there was a certain English accent that the, the entitlement members. oh the members who've been members for like 70 it's like the years lifetime members oh yeah it doesn't mean that you own the property i remember it was so if you had a membership that was specific to you mm-hmm. unless you were children even then they tried that and were like there's no way you're ever going to be able to police this yeah and a guy came in with his mom like not being ageist or anything but this was clearly his mother Mm-hmm. And he came in with a, a joint account, but he's like, ah, I forgot her card. So we look it up, you know, postcode, last name and everything. And it said that she was born in like 1984. Mm. And I was like, I do not want to insinuate that you look like shit, ma'am, if you were born but. in 1984. But this is not you. And I was like, so instead I was kind of like, are you sure that this is the member that goes with this card? And he's like, yes. And I said, are you sure? Like, just to at least let him know that I knew. Did he crack? No. I mean, and the thing is, you can't really call them out because you can't be like, ma'am, you're definitely not born this year. Well, that's the thing. It's not like I can say, hey, you look way too old. <laughs> you look rough. This is not you. <laughs> it's like, maybe she is that agent. She's had a rough life and does hard drugs. Like <laughs> The other part of our job was we had to sign members up, which was fine, you know, very interesting to learn about people's names and whatnot but there is one that always stands out to me because it was just the age gap between this couple (laughs) and you know i'm all for like age gaps was 10 years between my parents nothing wrong with it yeah love is love whatever there's a there's a there's a a limit though but this (laughs) was a limit but this was i was signing this these two people up and i had assumed it was father and daughter and i'd taken down the names and i was putting in the you know it was a joint membership and you know if the father wants to do mm. it with his daughter fine and but the way that they were touching each other and some of the comments they were making i was like okay i don't think they're they're related I th- and then I, it became apparent that they weren't because they had very different names and they were sort of talking about how they're like really like in love and stuff but the thing that got me was she was born the same year as me which is 94 and she was and her partner was born in the same year as my father which is 1959 (laughs) so i was signing a couple up that had the same age difference between me and my father and i just was a bit surprised and a bit uncomfortable (laughs) there was a lot of footsie under the table in front of me and i was just like this is i don't want to be him there are few men that are in their 50s that i'd be like yeah i'd be in a relationship i mean jeff goldblum is up there yeah yeah, you know, I can see it, but it was just the sort of, it was going from that shock of thinking that they were father and daughter to suddenly being like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, okay, this is, ugh. I was signing someone up and, you know, you go through the normal, like, Mr., mm-hmm. Ms., whatever. I I always say doctor because people who have doctorates they want I'm you to know. Very picky about that. Mm-hmm. So okay, like you worked for it, but it always be like Mr. May's a doctor. Like oh, okay, mm. jeez. So I'm like writing down. I was like Mr. Doctor, 
And he was like, oh, it's Lord, actually. And I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, my Lord. <laughs> and I honestly just, I think it's just coming from a country where we don't have that, you know, that's not a concept. It just seems more ridiculous. <laughs> he was pretty chill about it. Like, I mean, I, you know what? The other one that got me is when you, like, take someone's name down. And who did I take their name down as? It was some celebrity, and I was like, "As it, oh, it was Grace Kelly. Their name was Grace Kelly. Oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, wow, Grace Kelly, as in the Grace Kelly. And they were like, who? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, you don't know who Grace <laughs> Kelly is. I hate when people have a name that there is, like, a standard way of spelling it, and you <laughs> know there's a standard way of spelling it, and your name is spelled differently, just just accept the fact that people don't know that your name Kelly isn't spelled K E L L Y. It's K E L L E I G H. You know, <laughs> like no one's going to just assume that. So I don't mean, get mad at me when you tell me Kelly and I'm like K E L L Y, and you're like, <laughs> my name is spelled blah, 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 blah. like. Don't yeah. give me attitude. Yeah, give you're... your mom attitude. Like she named you that. <laughs> Your parents did that to you, not me. What have I seen? I've seen uh, Jade spelled with a Y. J A Y D E. I was like, because I, I was writing it and I had gone like J A D E, and she's like, no, there's a Y in there, and I was like, where? I just, I love when people are aware that their names are difficult to spell. Yeah. Or that, or when they lived in Wales, and I had to take those. Like, I don't know how to spell any town name in wales please spell it out for me i mean my middle name is welsh and that's tr- i couldn't spell that till i was 13 oh, you just can't spell because <laughs> i'm blonde no i just it, i could honestly couldn't spell until i was about 13 because it was just that thing it was like i knew it was my middle name but yeah, i'd never bother to learn how to spell it the f- different language to me still is. <laughs> it is it is so yeah just understand so I think I worked on visitor reception for, I started in 2015 and I left in 2017. And the thing that always got me, and I've, I've worked in retail and I've worked in food industry before, so I've done, I've done my rounds, but it was just the aggressiveness of some visitors when we told them that it wasn't free entry because there were so many that assumed that when they visited in like 1956 yes. and it was free to enter that in 2015 it was still the same concept and they'd be like I come here all the time and I'm like well clearly you don't or your friend doesn't I always just get that oh my friend said it's free well I work here I'm not your friend It, <laughs> it you have to pay do you know what I mean yeah. it was I don't know if why people don't understand like you wouldn't go to disney mm-hmm. and be like you have to pay to go into disney like yes yes exactly is this an old home of course like is there grounds <laughs> but it's a park no it's not a park there are like accent. 10 parks close by calder zones sefton park green bank green the bank, mystery prince's like, I mean, park like you have so many parks in liverpool there's so many parks why would you come here i it just but it was it was just the kind of like the i used to feel like i was getting attacked a lot of the time by visitors and that's the thing like we don't set the prices I, we got if, nothing to do with the prices if it were up to us you can come in for free i i do not care but you know this is a charity charities need money i mean i've been threatened i've been sworn at i've had bikes thrown at me while working on that reception desk i had a bill thrown at me a 
bill and i was pregnant and i cried because of the the residence pass you remember how residents of like a very local area could get in free yeah and i asked so he wanted to do it and it turned like in the last year when i was working there you had to have a utility bill something with your name on it or a gp letter and id for both people that were going to go on this pass and this man was telling me that his wife did not receive any mail with her name on it. I'm like, that kind of seems abusive. And I was like, a GP letter, like anything, nothing. This Your wife does not receive any sort of mail mm. in her name. And he was like, no. And he yelled at me. And I was like, I am not cracking in front of you, even though my hormones are raging and I am literally like 30 weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. Good. So he left and I cried. Um, and then he came back with like a council bill he came back with the council bill and, with and her threw name? it at me what yeah. the hell with her name and i was like well i really shouldn't even be giving it to you because of the way you talk to me and he's like i want to <gasps> talk to you that way if you didn't give me attitude and i was like i didn't give you attitude i was trying to help you yeah. and you were yelling at me Mm-hmm. And this is what I love about the standard of customer service in the UK. It is not as high. The expectation is not as high as the US. Mm-hmm. In the US, I could never talk to someone like that. I oh, can never here. defend myself in the never. US. Here, they do not care. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They just, they really, that used to really tickle me is the fact that I used to say this to my family when I'd come home from a shift that the way that people treated us or the way that they acted it's like they didn't even think that they were going to be the really funny story at the end of the day that i go home and tell all my family about and my family are going to think they're an absolute clown for the way that they talk to me it's just yeah. they've got no concept of like the fact that we are, are human and that you know it's like yeah. i've i've seen my manager cry working there like when people have gotten really like abusive verbally i have never treated anyone as poorly as visitors have treated me my partner says that i'm too nice to customer service just because like Mm. if it's even like really shabby service you know if it's like really not good or something and i'll be like it's fine like i'm patient just because i know how crappy it is to hate a job and get grief from customers you know it's just god like i think the one time i did yell so it was at the hospital when my father-in-law was there and mm-hmm. even then i was like i understand that this isn't your fault and that the nhs is facing budget cuts but mm-hmm. i need him to see a doctor like you know when and where to use your voice oh yeah oh i i can send a strongly worded letter like <sighs> i did to delta um but i also understand you know like it is not that person's fault mm-hmm. but it's like it needs to be known also just the sort of because i've worked at two properties and it's just like world over like the way people treat it wasn't it was working there it wasn't so much that it was really just people like trying their luck and being like oh i didn't know you had to pay can i just like have a quick look and i'm like look if you don't pay i don't get paid so you know it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of part and parcel here you have to or can we just use the cafe no you can't just use the cafe because it's within the property yes you would be paying but you're also coming into the ground it just it just why do people feel the need to find loopholes in this kind of thing like i wouldn't go to disneyland and be like can i use your restaurant without paying entry to disneyland <laughs> can we go to be our guest we yeah. promise we won't go on any of any the rides of, like i guarantee half an hour later i'll be walking around and i will see them on a ride i always found it funny though whenever an american tourist would come mm-hmm. and they'd be like we have an american <laughs> that's ours and be like hey and 
without fail, I guess I don't realize that I have an inflection in my voice now, mm-hmm. or that I say things different, or my mom will tell you that I sound completely different. But I try not to have an accent because mm-hmm. I hate when I hear people who are like, I've lived in the UK for six months and now I talk like this. Like, I hate that. <laughs> There's just no way that can happen. I'm sorry. Like, I, I've lived in the UK and Australia and neither, like, I, I mean, from the get-go, I've always had an English accent, I guess, but, like, I never picked up an Australian accent. My sister did, but she was much younger than me. But these yeah. are, like, 30-year-old people that moved to the UK with her for six months and goes, I live in London and I now talk like this. <laughs> like Madonna. <laughs> yeah. But then, when American tourists would come and I would talk to them, I could hear my accent change. Mm-hmm. It would get very american very standard american so it's it's one of those things i would speak to scousers and i my accent would get more northern because the scouser Mm. i got the easier it was to talk them down from the edge of abusing me so you know (laughs) (laughs) there was that one time i talked to the guy from australia and I'll never forget. I was talking about the residence pass, and I was like, oh, well, if you live in, you know, L24, L19, you could do it. And he was like, what about Adelaide? (laughs) (laughs) To this day, that guy's voice has stuck in my head like the most bush-looking guy you could ever possibly think of. Do you ever have any instances with ghosts in the house? I did. So we were doing a ghost, eh, or the woman in black's ghost tour. Oh, keep it mysterious. And, like, we knew where everyone was because we worked there. So we knew that, like, you know, people weren't sneaking around doing these things. Mm -hmm. And I just remember hearing, we were in the blue bedroom. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of near the door. And I could hear a woman and a man talking right outside. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, we were the only ones in the house. So who was it? And, like, Ooh. I think it was Catherine, maybe? They were in the office, so... Mm. It wouldn't have been That there. was weird. That's very weird. I remember locking it up one night. Because when, when we worked in Vestibule, you have to go around at the end of the night and close, like, all the doors and everything and make sure everyone's out, like, all the vols and everything, all the volunteers. And I... You know, the if, you were, if you're in the Vestibule and you turn right, there's those big wooden heavy doors right mm-hmm. so i pushed them both all the way back went round that corridor just to check it that all the rooms were like empty and like closing them over and whatnot mm-hmm. and then i as i rounded the corner i heard this massive bang and i was like what the hell and i came back and those doors were like shut the, like, the big yeah. heavy ones and then i couldn't open it up again like it was like stuck and it took me a good 10 minutes to try and get them open and I've never had that problem since. Well, obviously, I've not been there for a while. But when I was yeah. like, working there, it never happened after that no, point. I never had that problem. But it was really weird. And the the thing that got me, though, like, I neither believe nor don't not believe in these type of things. Just because I don't understand it. It could be real. Who knows? Life is weird. But it's when people would come in and they would say things like, I sense something here. Like, they they just, like, that vibe. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, there was this, this, and this, and this. Can you tell me more? And I'd be like everything you've just said is completely historically wrong like like... (laughs) well there was most haunted went there didn't they (gasps) oh yes most haunted famous episode and he they were like adelaide adelaide was in this room and this is her favorite room and she stayed there it was like the completely like wrong room i heard rumors and i don't know if this was true but i heard like there's a scene where they hear 
banging or something's being thrown. It was the bloody crew that were doing it the entire time. They tell you when we were in, I think it was the uh, Great Hall, and she was talking about ghost children. Oh, no. And David grabbed my hand just to hold my hand, like, in the <laughs> pitch darkness. And I was like, <gasps> the children. <laughs> I thought a ghost child. <laughs> I thought a ghost child had held my hand, and it was just my husband trying to, like, comfort me. So I think I told you this, but there was, like, a joke, a running joke at the second property I worked at where they said that if I was on duty, which is duty manager or duty manager for all those out there, um, <laughs> I I cursed the place. The place was cursed if I was on duty because something was bound to happen. You and did the roof cave in while you were. So that was just one occasion. So that was a, that was the end of the day, thank God. And I was locking up and just getting ready, and I sort of heard something, and I just thought probably nothing you know it didn't sound like anything too dramatic and then a volunteer came out and was like uh the roof has just collapsed in the upstairs rooms and i was like what i was like i'm here by myself and you're telling me that this like 15th century building is collapsing around me so i had to sort that out another time i had to fish a injured pigeon racing pigeon out of the moat because i thought it was a weird looking duck and then it was pointed out to me that it was not a duck it was an injured pigeon and i had to get on the call with the royal racing association it was a whole thing i had a pigeon in a shoebox in my office do you ever feel like an injured pigeon (laughs) (laughs) when you should feel like a duck i had to call two ambulances in my time there one was for a little old lady who collapsed upstairs one day and i had to and i honestly thought she was gonna pass away on me like she was she was not looking good but she was fine she sent me a card afterwards thanking me for helping her and another time i got an ambulance was because this runner who was with like a group of runners they like Mm -hmm. rocked up at the property weren't paying for entry because obviously they were you know just passing through like the sort of back gate which they were allowed to do but they rocked up came in and they were like this guy is basically dying you need to help us and i was like what and i had a man lying on my office floor while i was on the phone to the ambulance and he was like having chest problems and everything because he had a pre-existing condition and they didn't know about it and it was this whole thing and i was like i don't get paid enough for this it was so <laughs> stressful and the other time i had a drama while i was on duty was i got a call from the kitchens and they said that a six-month-old baby or slightly older i think had spilled hot soup all, all over them mm. so it, it had pulled the soup from the table onto their body and i came in and it was a scene even though the dad was sat there and he was so chill and it turns out he was like a chef and i was like dude you definitely have like first aid training don't tell me you don't like why have you called me yeah. here like in the first instance you should be onto this but he was like cool as a cucumber but this poor baby was screaming and i had to like i i mean i was first aid trained but what would you do in that situation you know, and you're like i don't want to scar like this child there wasn't much you could do in those situations because it was like mm. I feel like every time we they, they got to a point where they're like, unless like they are bleeding, mm-hmm. do not call us. Like, offer them a band aid. I mean, in that instance, and yeah. send them on their way. I did uh, administer like this kind of cooling, like heat gel thing that we had, which was very lucky, and the baby was fine, so that was good. But it was just those things, and then other instances, you'd have people. I would get called because someone got stung by a bee. And these would be grown men I'd get calls for. And I would be... I've been stung by a wasp. Literally. It was... I would rock up and be like, okay, what's the, you know, what's the deal? Like, can I... How can I help? And they'd be like, I've been stung. And I'd be like, 
sir there is yeah, nothing i can't do anything i can do nothing for you go put some water on it some cold water it's gonna sting there's nothing i can do for you you 54 year old man like it's just <laughs> i've never been stung by a wasp touch wood i've never been stung by a bee or a wasp my brother's been stung i don't know how many times but now i'm getting to the point where like maybe i'm allergic and i don't know that's what i think because <laughs> i've never been stung hypochondriacs unite <laughs> just... <laughs> i have respected the so what kind of reactor are you are you the person that like chills or are you the person that like runs away from the wasp oh we t- oh so we're not talking duty manager we're talking in in that situation where in i a have wa- a wasp. like specifically wasp re- re- oh. reactions freak out entirely Absolutely. I am the one that tries to stay cool and no. eventually freaks out. I'm the person that sees something that looks like a wasp and it's just like a really weird looking fly and I will freak out. I don't like flying things. I don't no. like going to the bat enclosure and I think both of us stayed out. We did. I don't like at the it. Zoo. But no, I'm the exact same as you. I'm terrified of being stung now because I don't know what my reaction will be. But it just tickled me that that was one of the things that I would get called out for is the fact that these men would be like, help me. Also, I'm obsessed with Little Nas X's new song. <gasps> I love it so, so good. And the video, I'm obsessed. I just, I love when, like, people lean into the things they're vilified for. Mm-hmm. It's just like, like he said, you know, you guys tell us gays that we're going to hell. I'm going to go to hell. when we, like, if we, we pole dance down, you get mad at us. <laughs> Which is I have, what you wanted. I have always said. If the people that are going to hell are like the gays, <laughs> the girls, gays, and theys, like I'm it's coming to be a party. Like I'd rather be there. What? So I'm gonna hang out in heaven with Mom- Mother Teresa? Like, <laughs> I just, it's like no. Kind of, it's a song at the moment that I wish the clubs were open so that I could go dance to it. I kind of want a stripper pole. They have collapsible ones. Is that a thing? I'd quite like to try pole dancing. I'm I would no, love to do it. I have no body strength though, but I'd love to give it a go. I just, I don't know if I sent you the video, but this girl said like from January she started and she was like a heavy girl and she just posted like her year update and she's lost so much weight and like just the things she can do. So I think it's just mm. sticking to it. <gasps> the bloody Beatles. So a part of our property was that we ran tours to the Beatles homes in Liverpool and it was specifically John Lennon and Paul McCartney's properties. What are your thoughts on the Beatles, Nicole? I have become (laughs) anti Beatles. I have. Not even because of our tours, but because of the stupid mystery tour that always (gasps) made me late. (laughs) Yeah, what the big bus. Yeah. My mom's obsessed with the Beatles. We grew up on it. I do like them as band. Yeah. Um, since then, I'm kind of sick of them. <laughs> I mean, we had to stare at their faces every day of our shifts. People would come in and people were obsessed. Like, I saw John Lennon's face tattooed on the back of a man's calf. Like, these people don't yes, have any it's chill. Yes, it's an obsession. It's, it's like very it's much healthy. like One Direction levels, BTS levels of obsession. A hundred percent. But it's like a very niche demographic of all of the men and women and you, they just come in and it's just like they're wearing the t-shirts they've got the tattoos they reel off information to me about these people and i'm like i know bud don't worry you know it's it's an another you know how level. they have to tell like the tell the people that nothing in paul mccartney's room was like his 
because <laughs> they had to keep like replacing things people stole when people would rock up like 10 minutes late and the bus would leave and they'd be like why didn't you wait for me and i'd be like because you are clearly 10 minutes late for a bus that leaves at three o'clock like i cannot make that can wait i just for 10 minutes. put this out there if you have a tour if there is a timed tour in anything i promise you that you are expected to show up to that tour 10 minutes early you're not special we're at not holding least, it for you. at least 10 minutes i don't care if that ticket says that it starts at three or you have to show up at three just show up 10 minutes earlier than that i always show up to things 15 minutes at least earlier than i meant to just in case i think it was just the embodiment of in, like entitlement Mm-hmm. Like, why didn't this tour of 15 wait for me? And then you'd have to bundle them into a taxi, and they're all, like, grumbling. Rah, 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 rah. They like, stopped I... that. Did they stop that? They completely stopped that. They were like, if you're late, it is on you. We are not calling you a taxi. You can't even get a taxi there anymore. They're not letting you in. Do you know what we didn't touch on about our property? With how people are incapable of reading signage, or even looking at a website before visiting a property, about opening times. I been in this situation where i thought or actually something should have been opened mm-hmm. is a restaurant and we showed up and it was closed no explanation no warning whatever and it was one of those moments that i was like well that sucks yeah and then i went about my day i did not call them up i did not leave a bad review i didn't if it is genuinely your mistake like sometimes things are just closed mm-hmm. but especially when there is a time there are specific times and dates that they are closed that's on you mm-hmm yelling at me does not change the fact you couldn't read Mm -hmm. signs or you couldn't read the handbook or the website like they turn up at 10 o'clock in the morning for a house that doesn't open till 12 yes the grounds are open everything else is open but they get arsy about the fact that we didn't tell them that the house opens at 12 even though we would have it says on the website signage i remember we had to put the signage up when the house was closed on a monday and people would walk past that sign massive big sign and come in and be like, oh, tickets to the house. And I'd be like, the house is closed. You saw the signage. We knew. We would watch them come in. We'd be like, that person's going to want to be in the house. I used to have the page in the handbook highlighted so that if someone mm-hmm. tried to argue with me that it was not that time, just bring the handbook out. Whenever they said it was absolutely on the website, I'd be like, okay, well, I would want to change that. So we don't want to have bad information out there. So let's let's look it up together so if it's wrong, now. we can change it we'll look mm-hmm. it up together it's like oh look at that you just don't know how to fucking read when there's inequality amongst the properties on how much they get given to spend or how much money they make the inequality between the expectations that visitors have about yeah. events is immense and it gets to a point where they'll come to an event at a very small property with not much of an income and not much of a budget and it won't be as amazing as a Lime Park or Dunham Massey. And then mm-hmm. we get awful reviews and people come at the desk and they're like, this wasn't good enough. I didn't like for the price. And it's like, well, how can I compete when you've got bloody the star of Pride and Prejudice Mr. raking Darcy. it in? Like, oh, do you know, I mean, love it, but makes a hell of a job for everyone else. Like, too. I'm sorry that we don't look like we just like walked out of uh, Downton Abbey. If we could film, <laughs> it's because we're next to the fucking airport. I was going to say, my favorite thing was when visitors would be like, oh, I can't believe they built it so close to an airport. And I'm like, the Tudors did not know that an airport would be built here hundreds of years later. Like, I cannot explain to these people that, in fact, the house came first. Or as you had that experience where they were like, it's hideous. Who painted it black and white? And it's like, uh, the Victorians. That person. (laughs) Also, that airport thing 
it was said to me by British people. I get it. Americans mm-hmm. can be dumb, but we are not the only ones. I've heard some dumb stuff in this country. It's. I think it's that kind of thing where people say it without thinking about it, really. Think before you speak. Because, you know, yeah, there are planes going over, and it is weird that such a historic property is right next to a bloody international airport. Like It would be such a nice area. Honestly, I'm not sure how the airport got planning permission to be that close next to the property like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like if that was now, it would not happen. No. But I feel like that was something that was 1970s kind of planning permission. Whack it anywhere, it's fine. Do you know what? It was a really nice experience because it was really, you know, aside from the visitors, I think it's a great job. Working there was wonderful. Like, I loved doing conservation, volunteering, and... Mm -hmm. Gaining experience. I loved doing the vestibule, and I loved being a part of the house. Hated the people. (laughs) But that's the thing, because when it was good, it was amazing. Like, if you had a really mm-hmm. lovely, funny visitor that was, like, really kind and really, like, understanding, it was like, oh, you're just, if everyone could be like you. But then you get that one person who feels thinks that they're entitled and that they own the place and that they pay for my wage, you know, and just make my life hell. I think it's just like, you know, if you have a bucket and, like, you know, every visitor fills your bucket, like, the nice stuff would fill it, like, just a little bit, and then the, the bad people would come and, like, knock it out. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, guys. We'll see you next time on Existential Bread. Stay tasty, you existential bitches, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.